Would you turn with me to 1 Samuel this morning? 1 Samuel and the second chapter. And let's continue talking about the honor of God. The honor of God. 1 Samuel 2.30. The latter part of it, the Lord is speaking. And he says, them that honor me... I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. How many know you can count on that? Do you believe it'd be a good thing if the Lord honored you? Or when he did, would you know it? Would you realize it? Oh, certainly, certainly. And it is like the law of sowing and reaping. You honor him, he honors you. Well, what about the more you honor him? Well, it's going to be the more. And the greater you honor him, well, the greater he's going to honor you. You cannot honor the Lord and that be the end of it. It's going to come back on you. Amen. In blessing and increase and promotion and honor. In Romans 13, you don't have to turn there, but Romans 13, 7, he said, Render to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor is due, he was saying. Give honor to those to whom it's due. Well, of course, it's honor is due God. He is due honor and glory, but then there are also people that we should honor as well. And actually, a large part of honoring God is in honoring His people, honoring what He honors. So we have been talking about this for some weeks now, and I've given you, as the Lord's given to me, some specific applications of how to show honor. I mean, when we believe He's going to honor us, when we honor Him, our next question should be, Lord, teach me how to honor you. Show me how. Teach me. And we live in a generation that is sadly lacking in understanding of honor. We live in a day and an age and a generation where children do not honor parents, where employees do not honor employers, where uh, people do not honor uh, public officials and civil leaders. And we live where a lot of people are just honorless. They don't understand. We're still reaping Uh, the whirlwind results of the rebellion of the 50s and 60s. You understand that? Everybody's casting off restraint and nothing is special and everybody's the same and there's no honor. Well, in God, there is honor. And you can't understand God without understanding honor. Honor means weighty, heavy. The word for honor and the word for glory are very similar and oftentimes they're translated the same way. And weighty and heavy has to do with value and substance. Sometimes we use that word concern and say, oh, that's just a little light thing talking about it's cheap. But no, man, that's a good heavy, that's a quality item. Well, how many know God doesn't have cheap stuff? His stuff is not light and cheap. His stuff is quality. And all his things are of great worth and great value. 
And so a very simple way of putting it is that to understand honor, then you value what God values. Luke 16 talks about this, that the things that are held in high esteem by men are an abomination to God. There's a different value system in the unsaved world than with God. I mean, you've got people on the street that'll throw a gun in somebody's face and shoot them and kill them, a human being, for $25. Well, now, what kind of value system is that? A couple of pieces of paper that they can buy just a little bit of drug to make them feel, you know, different for a few minutes is worth more to them than a human life. We live in a messed up world. But God knows what's valuable. And we need to get in the word and renew our minds so that we agree with him. And that what he says is worthless, we say is worthless. What he says is holy and precious, we say is holy and precious. Now first we mention to you, how do you show honor? We say you show honor in how you refer to things. Reference, how you refer. Watch about the words only are just. You don't refer to your father as my old man. Huh? In a calloused, light tone. Not appropriate to refer to your wife as my old lady. Especially with the word just. Just my old lady. Well, you wouldn't have to use the word old lady. Just my wife. Well, who is that? Oh, that's just my wife. What does that mean? Oh, that's just Bob. That's just my husband. That's just Tom. That's just, you know, nothing. That's a problem. You can tell how you refer. I've been to churches where uh, the lady was talking to me about her husband and she kept referring to him as the pastor. And I, I thought, well, the pastor of this church, yeah, her husband. But when we were talking about business, uh, she used greater respect and him talking about her later, I realized he used very respectful terms. How many believe we ought to value each other? Husbands ought to value their wives. Wives ought to value their husbands. Children ought to value their parents. And that'll be shown in how you talk about them, the terms and words you use to refer to them. I mentioned before that I had the privilege of working with Dr. Kenneth Hagin for over 20 years. And uh, he's my spiritual father. And, you know, so much that the Lord used him to put into my life. And we were able to teach in the school there at Ramah for years. And, and I'd be out on the road and see alumni. And they'd say, well, how's the old man? And I'm thinking, what old man? And they're told, oh, you know, old man Hagin. Well, that's just not respectful, no. is it? No. And... Uh, and they say, well, what about Kenny Jr.? Well, he's the director of the ministries in the school and the pastor of the church. Well, that's not appropriate, is it? And uh, I had somebody I was talking to out of the country, actually, a few days ago. And uh, something came up about the meeting in the Copelands. And I said, yeah, Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria are coming. And they laughed when I said Miss Gloria. They said, oh, you Southerners are funny. This Ms. Gloria stuff. And I corrected them. I said, no, I just respect them. It's not a Southern thing. It's a respect thing. To me, brother said right is a respectful term. And uh, saying sir and ma'am and those kind of things is not just a Southern thing. It's a godly thing. It's an honor thing. How you refer to people. And uh, 
Please teach your children these things. We live in a world full of kids that just have no concept of respect. That doesn't have to be with us. Then secondly, we said how to show honor. Preference. Showing preference to individuals. Giving them the better place. Giving them the better seat. uh, Showing preference. There is a difference in rank and place. Acknowledge it, honor it. Last week we talked about this, number three, deference or deferring to uh, somebody. Don't interrupt people, especially your elders. Let them talk, let them finish. If they want to do something and the Lord hadn't just specifically told you in something of yours to do something differently, defer to their wishes. Defer to the greater anointing. Defer to the greater place. And the younger are to always be saying to the elder, whether naturally or spiritually, what do you want to do? What do you like? Everybody say defer. Defer. Deferring, yielding to, submitting to, giving in to. And fourthly is through conference or through conferring things upon. C-O-N-F-E-R. Conferring. Turn with me to Proverbs 3, please. Proverbs 3. So we've talked about reference. We've talked about preference. We've talked about deference. And now we're talking about conference. In Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Proverbs 3, 9. says, honor the Lord. Starts out with that word. Honor the Lord, how? With your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord, how? Yes, honor the Lord in how you talk about Him and His things. Speak reverentially, speak respectfully. I caution you to speak very, anytime anything comes up about the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, particularly be watchful of your words and see that you show proper honor and due respect. And uh, preferring and giving place and deferring and submitting. But can you demonstrate and show honor with stuff? Yes, Yes, you can. Can you honor God with money and with things? Yes. Yes, you can. The scripture tells us to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Listen to these other translations. NIV says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Well, you'd have to have some. <laughs> I said you'd have to have some to be able to do that. Does God want you to have some wealth? Does he want you to be able to honor him this way? Well, then you're going to have to have some. The Bible just makes sense, doesn't it? Honor the Lord with your wealth. The New King James says, honor the Lord with your possessions. With your with your substance, with your wealth, with your possessions. You can't hyper-spiritualize and symbolize this. He's talking about money and stuff. And really, that's what we're doing and what we should be doing every time it's offering time around here. And in any other church and ministry, we should not just be throwing money at the plate. 
Right? It should not be routine. It should not be like paying the electric bill or or something else. We should ask, why have you stand up? That's why I have you lift up your offering. We want to be honoring him. Amen? Lord, we honor you with this. With our substance. With our stuff. With our money. You know, some people get upset when you start talking about money. This would be a bad church to be in if you're like that. Because <laughs> we're going to be talking about it. But the Bible has a lot to say about money. And people, sometimes people even say, well, you know, why don't you just stay with preaching and stay off of money? I can't because the preaching is about money, a whole lot of it. Get in there and dig sometime and look and see how much Jesus talked about money. How much is in the Gospels about it and in the uh, New Testament, the epistles. No, money is a deal. It's a very, very big deal. Your money represents your blood, sweat, and tears. It represents your life. It represents your time. And what you will or won't do with it shows your heart. I think some people, when they're baptized, if they were truthful, they ought to hold their wallet up when they go down. Because they are not sanctifying that part to him. But if Jesus is your Lord, he's Lord over every part of your life, and money is a big part of your life. Some people say, well, money's not that big of a deal. Well, why do most people spend most of the prime of their life trying to make some? It's a very big deal. And uh, when you lift up money that you used your faith to get and you worked hard to get and whatever the Lord prospered you to be able to have and you come bring it to him and you lift it up and give it willingly and gladly, you honor him. You honor him. When you put him first in your finances, you honor him and you open the door for him to take care of you. It's just a law, friend. It's a principle that if you take care of God's things, he's going to take care of your things. We have seen it decade after decade in our own life. He's faithful like that. Well, if you could honor God with stuff, could you honor people with stuff? Can you honor each other? Yes, Yes, you can. Let's go on and talk some more about this. Go with me to the book of Acts, please, the 28th chapter. You honor God. We've already said one way you honor God is through honoring people, his people. But you honor God with money and things and stuff. And you honor people the same way. In Acts 28, listen with your heart this morning. And please try to stay as hooked as you know how. Because these things are very holy and precious to God. And uh, people mishandling them can wind up getting judged. It's a serious thing on the other side of this. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a minute. But you don't want to take this lightly. And there's some things that I've been praying about even just recently. And the Lord has cautioned me about it. Uh, I didn't see that it was as serious as it really is. I knew it. But then again, I didn't know it some way or another. So uh, these things are holy to the Lord. We need to realize it. In Acts 28... The Apostle Paul and his uh, company have been shipwrecked, you might say, on this island of Melita. 
You know, he got snake bit and didn't die. And now they believe he's a God. And uh, then before it's over with, the Lord has used them to minister to one of the most highly regarded known men of the island and get him healed. Remember that? And in verse 9, Acts 28, 9, when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. I mean, they had a major healing meeting. What do you do when everything seems to go wrong? You sit in a stinky jail cell. You get in a typhoon. The ship sinks. You make it to the island and get snake bit. What do you do? You have revival on the island. (laughs) Come on now. Right? Did you get that? Let me tell you what you don't do. (laughs) What if the apostle Paul, I mean, he's been in a dungeon. He's been in chains and leg irons. And now the ship, they've been in this typhoon for weeks. The ship's been tossed in this storm. And they're all thinking just any minute they're all going to sink and die. Except for him, he's down there praying and believing God. And then gets on the island. They all make it alive. He goes and gets sticks to put on the fire. Puts them on the fire. A deadly venomous viper jumps out of the fire. Fastens onto his hand. And at this point, a lot of people would have started crying. And said, God, I'm trying to serve you here. I've been in prison. I've been eating stinky jail food. I hadn't had decent clothes. Couldn't take a bath. I've been tossed up and down in this storm for weeks. The ship sinks. And now I get snake bit. This ain't supposed to be happening to me. I'm a faith man. This is not supposed to be happening to me. That's how you swell up and die. Huh? And your friends have to send back that the missionary died. On the island. What did he do? I said, what did he do? Come on, anybody read the Bible? Shook that thing off in the fire and said, big deal. God's bigger than snakes. He's bigger than storms. He's bigger than jail. He's bigger than anything. Amen. This doesn't mean anything. And just keep on persevering and expecting the power of God to come. No matter what. And you know God showed up. Healed people in the island. Miracles. People got saved. Amen. Amen. What do you do when the devil messes with you? Things go from bad to worse. Shake it off and have revival anyhow. Shake it off and have miracles anyway. Now, uh, verse 9, they came and were healed. Look at verse 10, though. Verse 10, what? Who, the people, all these people that came and got blessed in the meeting, they honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they loaded us. Everybody say loaded. Loaded. (laughs) Loaded us with such things as were necessary. Is that appropriate? It is appropriate. Now, were they trying to pay for their healing? No. No. That would have been an insult. That would have been wrong. 
But they honored Paul and they honored the whole company. And they honored God, didn't they? Because there were all kind of islands across the ocean there that Paul wasn't washed up on. God caused it, helped him to be washed up on their island. And they're the ones that heard the gospel. And they're the ones that got healed. And they were glad about it. And they were thankful about it. And they showed that they valued Paul and they valued his company. This whole honor thing is about value. When you give something to somebody, if it's your friend, your mother, your daddy, your sister, your spouse, whoever it is. You give something to somebody, that something has some value. And what you're saying is, this is valuable to me, but you are more valuable to me. Do you see that? When you come and stand up with your tithes and offerings, you're saying, this money is valuable to me. I worked long hours for this. I invested and you blessed me, but you are far more valuable to me than this money. And so I give it to you. You're showing where your values are. Well, why do people never put a dime in an offering anywhere? That money is more valuable to them than those things of God are. Why do people never give anything to their friends? Or they're stingy about giving things to their family. They value themselves more. And that thing means more that I have it than you do. Now in this walk of faith, the Lord will put his finger sometimes on your Isaac. Might know what I mean by that? What's your Isaac? Your Isaac is the most precious thing. I know some years ago I was at a church and uh, the pastor came and he had a tie in his hand. And it was a nice tie, designer tie. I don't know who made it, but it was really expensive. And it was good looking. And he said, you're supposed to have this tie. He said, this is my favorite tie in the whole wide world. I like this tie. I said, well, keep it. He said, no. No, I like you better. And the Lord dealt with me to give you this tie. There's been numerous times the Lord's dealt with me to give people things. And I liked that thing. It was my thing that I enjoyed. You know, just a couple of years ago, the Lord had blessed me with uh, two pinball machines and some video games that I enjoyed and liked. And a pastor friend of mine in another state, I got it on my heart. I wanted to bless him with them. And so I I gave him. And then I gave another person another pinball machine. Uh, Well, just this past week, I got two better ones. Amen. They're even better than the ones ones I'd had my eye on kind of for two or three years. Now I'd noticed them and I thought, yeah, that's one of them's real neat. I'm going to put it outside and you get to play in the right thing and the fan will come on and blow you in the face. Sharp. Yeah, it'd be nice in the summertime, wouldn't it? But anyway, what was I saying? I like that, but I like you more. This is worth something to me, but you're worth more to me. Somebody gave me a gold Rolex Cellini. You might know what that is. That's a very, very thin gold uh, Rolex. Nice little watch. And uh, I guess I've had it for a year or two. 
Well, a few months ago, we were riding home from church, and I pulled it off my arm, and I gave it to Phyllis. And I said, I want you to have this. Amen. Amen. How many know your wife's good ground to sow into? And your husband's good ground to sow into? The Bible teaches you to honor your wife, teaches you to honor your husband, right? I like that watch. I like her more. You understand what I'm saying? And I've seen that kind of thing again and again. The Lord has had us go and buy people uh, or give people very, very nice things. Phyllis has given away how many fur coats? Four or five fur coats. She's given away I don't know how many diamond rings. And that somebody says, well, you know, what good is that? It can be a lot of good. In the right situation. One of these ministers she gave. A woman minister she gave one of those rings to. We didn't know it. But she was in one of the darkest toughest times of her life. And she was despairing. And thinking about quitting. And giving up. And she came back with tears and said. You're going to give me this? and This is one of the most precious things you have. And, and Phyllis said God loves you. And we love you. And you're valuable. This is valuable. But you're a lot more valuable than this. And it ministered to them. Can you use stuff to love people with? Yes, Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. Where are you at in the scripture? Good. They honored us with many honors. And they loaded us. Everybody say they loaded us. They loaded us. Go with me to uh, John 12, if you would. John 12, this is such a beautiful passage here. You know the story that Jesus was friends with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And oftentimes he'd go over to their house and they'd prepare him meals. And I guess he and his whole bunch would just show up over there and they'd feed them. And they had some big times in the house. And you know, Lazarus got sick and died. And praise God, Jesus came, even after he'd been in the grave for three days, and spoke the word of God, and Lazarus come hopping out of that tomb, wrapped up in grave clothes. Well, not long after that, he's at their house, sitting down, eating with Martha, and with Mary, and with a man that was in the tomb, just a few days ago. Well, they're happy. How many know the family is... How would you be? Oh, man. Talk about, I mean, you got meals and then you got meals. Where the fellowship is so rich and the love is so strong. And Mary, while they're sitting at the table, she gets up and excuses herself. And she goes back in her bedroom and she finds a pound of ointment of spikenard, which she had which the Bible said was very costly. Everybody say very expensive. Very expensive. expensive. Not just expensive, what? Very expensive. Now, if you look at the other passages, it probably cost about a year's wage of an average wage maker. Now, that's going to vary, but today it'd be just like it was then. Uh, You're probably talking at least... $20,000 a year's wages you may be talking more like $50,000 I don't know 
But you have to adjust for whatever the times are. A year's wage is a year's wage. This is probably one of, if not the most expensive, precious things this woman has. So she takes, let's be conservative, and say $20,000. She takes $20,000, and she breaks that box, and she dumps it on his feet, bloop, just like that. Twenty grand, boom, like that. He can't wear it. He can't tell time with it. He can't ride in it. It just makes him smell really good for a little while. Everybody say 20 grand. grand. Probably a lot more than that, you see. But just like that, she dumps it on his feet. And then she gets down and takes her hair and wipes the excess off. And the whole house is just filled with this ointment of a whole pound of twenty, thirty thousand dollar perfume being dumped. Is that beautiful? Yeah. Is that an honor? Yeah. Is that love? Yeah. But what happened next? Then said one of his disciples, which one? Judas, Judas Iscariot. Simon, son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold? For 300 pence. That's over a year's wage. Why wasn't this sold for 20000 30000 $50,000 and given to the poor? For people who don't understand these things, that sounds plausible. Did Jesus agree with him? The way some people preach and believe, Jesus should have jumped up and said, Woman, woman, what did you do? I've been teaching y'all for these years, and you don't know any better than to just throw this away like this. You could have sent this to the mission field. You could have fed somebody with this. Did Jesus say that? No. Could he have said it if he wanted to? Yeah, why didn't he say it? He didn't want to. He doesn't believe that. Jesus, the head of the church, doesn't believe that. Who said that? Tell me. Remind me. Who said that? Oh, this is a waste. I want you to hear these words now. This is a waste. This could have been sold. We could have fed somebody. We could have fed. How many families could we have fed with $50,000? We need to examine this because this is a real issue. Could people have been fed with that money? Could that have helped some people that didn't have a place to live? It could have. Did Jesus need it? Could he have gotten by without that? Dumped on his... Yes, he could. Then why didn't he correct her and tell her that she's being a bad steward and that she's wasting resources and she should have sent that to the mission field or she should have helped the poor with that? That's men's ungodly thinking, selfish, covetous thinking, who don't understand honor. What did Jesus say? Let's read the words of the master. What did he say? You know, Judah said, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? And verse 6, he said this, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. 
and had to bag and bear what was put therein. And you just watch it. These are the people that holler about, well, oh, that could have been given to the poor. They are hypocrites and they're covetous. Their heart thing is they want it. And they don't say it because they care for the poor. Jesus said, verse 7, what did Jesus say? You leave her alone. Now that's strong enough, isn't it? What does that mean? You shut up and sit down. You got nothing to say here. This is between me and her. Besides that, the man's heart wasn't right. He's a thief. He's been embezzling. See, now get this. These are the kind of people that jump up and holler. Aren't they? Ah, they spent too much on the carpet in that church. They could have sent that to the mission field. Ah, they spent too much on them chairs. They could have got by with a cheaper chair. Yeah, we could have sat on the floor too. (laughs) Do you understand? It ain't about seeing how much money you can save. It's about honoring God. Little old chair that people sit in and breaks doesn't honor God. Doesn't honor you. Me showing up at a convention with holes in my shoes, raggedy suit, unkept, is a bad reflection on you. Those are the pastors of Faith Life Church in Branson. Hmm? You want me to drive up in a raggedy car? Huh? Raggedy clothes? Hi, we're from Faith Life Branson. Or how about me showing up in a jet? Nice stuff. Amen. What's wrong with that? How about you showing up in a jet? (laughs) A new car. New clothes. Huh? You're from Faith Life Church. Most importantly, you're from Jesus. Representing Him. Amen. It's not how beat down and broke you are that some way or another gives God glory. It's when people look at you and go, whew, man, you something. You said, ah, you think we're something? You ought to see our master. You think we're something? You ought to see our shepherd. Amen. Every good thing we have is because of him. But here, even Jesus, some of his other disciples got caught up in this, didn't they? They agreed with this thief. This man who just a few hours later, he's here fussing and hollering about $20,000. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Sold him. Sold out. Now the reason I'm taking time on this, friend, listen to these people that start talking this kind of stuff. And know what spirit they're of. And know where they're going and what's motivating them. To the untrained, to people who don't understand, it sounds logical. Well, yeah, yeah, they could have sent that money to the poor. Why didn't Jesus say that? Why didn't he correct her? He received it. This is not even something he could wear. This is not something he could use indefinitely. It just for the moment. Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars. Boom. Was it a waste? It was not a waste. He said, you leave her alone. Against the day of my bearing, she's kept this. And the poor you always have with you. Another writing said, and whenever you want to, you can do something for the poor. 
But me you have not always. And Jesus saw to it that what this woman did was recorded in the Bible. And everywhere the gospel is preached, it's told. Why? Because it's God. It's honor. It's right. Can you say amen? amen? Go with me, if you would, in closing, I think, to uh, 2 Samuel 23. I know through the years the Lord has dealt very strongly with me about this, and I feel strongly about it. And uh, I see more and more the preciousness of it. I know I wasn't just a couple of years out of Ramah. And... Uh, I was going in home to Mississippi for Christmas, and in a time of prayer, the Lord brought to my mind a high school teacher I had back home. And this man, a black man, and during times of the desegregation and everything else, he was put in uncomfortable positions in school where I was at, and he handled himself admirably. And he was a friend to me. There were times we'd be off on school-related things, and he'd pull money out of his pocket and give it to me because I didn't have it. And he taught me about public speaking. We did uh, parliamentary procedure competitions and things like that. We actually won. And um, But the Lord dealt with me. He said, I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me, when you go back home, you look him up. You find him, and you go visit him, and you go honor him. Well, I didn't have a lot of money. But it's not all about big sums of money. It's about honor. It's about the heart. And, you know, if you try, I had to make several calls and I found somebody that knew somebody that thought they knew him and I finally got a hold of him. And he's retired on a little farm, has some cows. And I said, well, could I come by and see you? He remembered me. He said, please, please do come see me. So I came and saw him. And I sat down with him. We sat down on his porch and talked about his Hereford cows. And we talked about the weather. And we talked about what had been going on. We talked about what we did when I was in high school. And then I took some time. I didn't just run in there and say hi, bye. I sat down and took some time. And after an hour and a half or something like that, uh, he gave us, he brought some coffee out to drink or something. And uh, towards the time that I was getting ready to go, The Lord had dealt with me. I had a watch on. It looked kind of like this watch, but it wasn't nearly this watch. It was probably a $300 watch. It was the best watch I'd ever had. And the Lord dealt with me, take that off your arm and put it on his arm and thank him for his input into your life and bless him and honor him. And uh, so I did. I began to thank him for his input into my life and him being a good Christian man. He led the class in prayer every day. He didn't care what anybody said. And he, and godly man, and quote scriptures, and high school teacher, and um, told me that I could speak. And told, see, he didn't know I was going to be in the ministry, but believed in me and, and encouraged me. I stood up and I took my watch off and I said, uh, Mister, I called his name. I said, Would you receive this from me? And he said, Well, that's a good watch. And I said, Yes, sir. I wish it was better. I said, would you take this? And he said, well, no, no, you keep your watch. I said, please, please receive it. And finally, I convinced him. I put it on his wrist and I fastened it and I looked him in the eye and I said, thank you, sir, for blessing me and I honor your life and your ministry that you had to us as kids. And and I prayed for him and I blessed him and I thanked him. 
And I'm so glad I did. The Holy Ghost fell on us. Standing in his living room. Is God interested in these kind of things? He is. And it would have been all the better if it would have been a $50,000 watch. It's not what I had. But the heart was the same as if it had been. I've been over in the foreign field before and have good healing results and things. I've had people come up to me in poverty-stricken places and bring me little beads and bring me a little piece of silver or bring me something. And I tell you, make you cry because they're wanting to honor you. They're wanting to bless you. They're so thankful that God, they're not trying to pay you. That'd be wrong. But they're wanting to honor you. And that little piece of silver or those little beads sometimes would mean more coming from them than huge amounts of money from somebody else. Their heart's there. They're showing value. Do you understand this? Do you believe this? Are you there in Second Samuel? Do you see what I mean about how these things are precious? They're not to be trifled about and made fun of. They're holy. Second Samuel and the 23rd chapter. This is such a beautiful picture of honoring through giving and of the whole concept of honor. Do you remember that David was called a man after God's own heart? Right? And I think if you study his life, you'll see that a big part of that comes out in him understanding the honor of God. In that, he understood something of the person of God and the character of God. David, the Bible said in verse 14, 2 Samuel 23, 14, David was in a hold and the garrison of the Philistines was in Bethlehem. And David longed, this is 2 Samuel 23, 15. David longed and he said, oh, that somebody would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men, three of his, uh, you know, if you back up in verse 8 and 9, you'll see their names. And they were three of his bravest and most faithful and mightiest men. They overheard him say that, that he would like to have a drink of water from the well, which is behind enemy lines, well fortified. And I don't think David, he wasn't given an order. He was just thinking out loud, thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to have a good sip of water out of that well over there. And some of his guys heard it. And one of them looked at the other and said, did you hear the king? He said, I heard that. He would like to have some Bethlehem well water. And the third one said, well, he should have some then. One looked at the other and said, you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. Let's get the king some well water. And these three men put their life in their hands, broke through enemy lines, Got to that well. I mean, you can just see them. Two of them's fighting while one of them's drawing. (laughs) They got them a jug of that well water. Now they got to fight their way back through. Just three men. But not just men. Men of God. Men of honor. Men of might. Now let me just stop right here. Most people today would say that's ignorant. That's foolish. Risk your life over a little jar of water. 
These people don't understand honor, do they? They don't understand what this man, David, meant to these men. He's led them. He took them when nobody else wanted them. You read the beginning of the story and they were rejects. They were owed money and they were scared and they were running. And these are the kind of people that came to David and he told them they were somebody. He told them they were something. He believed in them. He led them. He loved them. He fought with them. He stood with them. They loved this man. They believed in this man. They trusted this man. And his, not even his command, his desire was like a command to them. Do you see this? They broke through. They fought their way by the grace of God back through the line. They're bloody. They're scraped up. They're sweating. And they come up to the king and they say, Oh, King David, he turns around. We overheard that you would like some water from the well of Bethlehem. He said, Yeah, that'd be great. They said, Here, O king. And they handed him a jug with water from the well. He looked at them. Is this from the well? Over there? Behind the Philistines line? Yes, sir. Enjoy. And what happens next? If you don't understand honor, you sure won't understand this. Keep reading. The three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines. And they drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. And they took it and they brought it to David. Nevertheless, he what? He would not drink it. But he poured it out. Now here's where people that don't understand honor start screaming. They go, you've got to be kidding me. They went to all this trouble and he pours it out on the ground. What a waste. People that don't understand honor, they use that word all the time. Waste. It's such a waste. What a waste. What did he say? He said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? And he would not drink it. Why? Oh, friends, do you understand this? Does this touch your heart like it does mine? Does it minister to you? They gave him this water and he held it up and he said, you men went and got this for me? This is from the well? One of them smiled through the blood and the mud and he said, yeah. It's straight out of the well. Got it myself. David said, this is too precious for me to drink. Do you understand this? He said, this is too too valuable. I can't drink this. This is too precious. This is so valuable. I'm going to give this to the Lord. It's too precious. And he lifted it up. And I'm sure they probably bowed their heads and their knees. And he poured it out before the Lord said, Lord, I'm giving this to you. This is honor, and this is God. Do you understand these things? Does it touch your heart? Friends, the more we grow in this, the more of God is going to be manifested in this place and in our operations. The more we don't just go through the motions of things, but we stand up and we have this in our heart. And when we praise God, we praise God like he is worthy. And when we give, we give like it's holy. Amen. And when we say and do things, we do it from a depth that this world generation does not know nor understand. But we do. For he's in us. And he's with us. 
And his blood is so precious. And his body is so precious. And his word is so precious. And his spirit is so precious. And when we all come together, and I'm asking you to do it. I want you to come into this place. And I want you to bring honor. Amen. Amen. And we will show greater respect. And you watch it. You honor him. What did he say? I will honor you. He'll come in here in his presence. In his magnificence. In his glory. He'll heal people. He'll deliver people. He'll bless us. That's honoring us. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet if you would. Just lift your hands and thank God. That he is holy. Oh Lord you're so holy. You're so holy. You're so precious. You're so valuable. Lord we love you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. Say it out loud. Lord God. There is none. Holy. As you. None so precious. None so valuable. To me. Than you. And all yours. Teach me the fullness of the honor of God. How to honor you, your people, all that pertains to you. And thank you for in turn honoring us with your goodness, your presence, your deliverance, all your blessings in Jesus' name. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.